For the first time in seven years, the Royals hit free agency with authority and landed a big fish. What did we think about it? I'll tell you next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, and be sure to go give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. Also, give us a follow on TikTok and on Instagram at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. Very, very easy to find us on wherever you get your podcasts. That can be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. We're now over 640 subscribers. The goal is still to get to 700 by Christmas Day, so about two weeks to go on that. And our big goal is 1,000 by opening day 2024. If this is your first time tuning in to Locked on Royals, of course, welcome in. We always love new listeners here. And a little bit of a background on me. I'm just a lifelong Royals fan. I work in sports here in Kansas City at Sports Ready Weight 10 WHB. Got a show once a week. In fact, a show tonight. 7 to 10 if you want to tune in over there. Also have a show Monday through Friday on ESPN Kansas City, 10 to 11 a.m., so I stay pretty busy. All things sports, but when you come to this podcast, you know you're getting Royals baseball for the next 30 minutes. And what a day it has already been for Kansas City. As I said to open up the show, for the first time in seven years, the Royals went big in free agency. Now, we knew at the very beginning of this, $30 million was uh, $30 million was about the threshold for this payroll, to add to the payroll. And they were definitely casting a wide net in the pitching market. They were going after, you know, Marcus Stroman, Michael Walker, Jack Flaherty, Seth Lugo. And that's the guy they ended up reeling in. Because today it was announced per Annie Rogers and Mark Feinstein that the Royals signed Seth Lugo to a three-year, $45 million contract with an opt-out in 2025, so $15 million a year, which is a little bit more than I thought he would make, but we know with starting pitching, you got to overpay. You got to overpay just a little bit to get the guy that you're really gunning for. And Seth Lugo, it felt like from the get-go, he was somebody they were trying to bring in to really stabilize and anchor that rotation. Then about two minutes later, we find out the Royals added yet another piece of their bullpen. Just days after adding Will Smith, they go after another former Texas Ranger and Chris Stratton, who threw over 80 innings last year, had a whip that was below league average, big-time curveball spin rate over 3,000 on that, which is well above the league average. And like I've said many times before, the Royals like those guys with the curveball. Seth Lugo, of course, has one of the best curveballs in the entire game. But even though Seth Lugo was the big fish, you know, they went out there, they were aggressive. It seems like they outbid the Boston Red Sox or were willing to give him that third year. And I believe Seth Lugo picked Kansas City because the Royals were willing to give him that third year. I don't think if the Royals were giving him that third year, he was going to sign in Kansas City. I think that he would have gone elsewhere for maybe more of a discount uh, just to play for more of a immediate contender. But even J.J. Bacola said in the press conference or this Zoom meeting 
right after these signings, you know, why not the Royals to compete for the division? It's a lot of ifs, but if the guys they're bringing in play to the level they're capable of and the young guys they expect to improve bounce back in a big way and they continue to have growth from Bobby Wood Jr. and Michael Garcia, why not the Royals? And I think that's been the mentality from the get-go, right? That pitching was just this, this one category. They really wanted to hit hard. And if you can remember, oh, back maybe a month ago, I said the Royals couldn't go into free agency waiting for the market to come to them. They didn't need to rush the market, but they needed to go to the market, not have the market come to them. And for lack of a better term and finding something, that's exactly what they did. I'm not even going to throw some analogy out there. The Royals got done what they needed to get done, but they're not done just yet. And we're going to talk about that coming up in about five to 10 minutes or so. But this is a team that wanted to improve the rotation, give stability. And Seth Lugo provides that. I know there are red flags to Seth Lugo. Last year was really his first true time as a starter. He's been a bullpen guy's entire life, had a career high in innings. So maybe it's a concern of, well, can he build off that? You know, it's three years for a 34-year-old. But like I said, for the Royals to be competitive in the free agent market with the guys they're gunning for, you have to go a step further. That's just the reality when you're coming off 106 losses. But this really is the defining offseason for J.J. Piccolo. You know, the, the team had come under a lot of fire. They didn't spend much money last year. They tie a franchise record in losses. How are you going to improve? Right, because losses don't cut it anymore for top draft picks. You're drafting six this year. Two teams are ahead of you in the draft lottery. So you want to give yourself a good chance. And the beauty of this all is the Royals have already significantly improved their bullpen. They have improved their rotation, and I don't think they're done at it. I still think they're in the market for a corner outfield bat. J.J. Bacola has mentioned that numerous times. I think they want to add another starter, whether that be through free agency or that be via trade. Just because that $30 million threshold is getting, I guess, close, or about $26, $27 million right now, they never said that was it. Like it's $30 million or they're going to spend under it. No, it wasn't anything like that. He said that's the minimum they wanted to add. You know, at least we want to spend $30 million additionally to that payroll. I think they're willing to go over that for the right guys. And he even said that word for word. If we find the right fit, we're willing to spend a little bit more. Now, who does that mean? Is that Marcus Stroman still? I know that I kind of teased that on Twitter, but let me be very clear. You can really like a guy. You can feel like he's the perfect fit. But that also doesn't mean it's a shoe in that he's coming here. Because, right, it's a two-way street here. You can really like a guy, and they may like you, but not in the way that you like them. No, I think Marcus Stroman's price is about $20 million a year. And when it came down to it, the Royals felt like Seth Lugo for the price they were getting him at, for the season he turned in, for what they want in a starter, he made a lot of sense. He made the most sense of the bunch. But I just feel like this is just that first domino to fall. And even Annie Rogers, who broke this story alongside Mark Feinstein, she had a great article out today, and J.J. Bacola was, was commenting in that, or I would should say quoted in that. Uh, J.J. Bacola was basically saying, you know, here in the next week or two, we feel like there's going to be a lot of activity. Then by Christmas, things are going to settle down a little bit. And lo and behold, hours later, Seth Lugo joins Kansas City, and Chris Stratton joins Kansas City. This is exactly 
what they were trying to do in the offseason. Because the offense, even though it had its lulls last year, I mean, you're forgetting the fact that Vinny Pasquantino's coming back. Bobby Wood Jr. finally showed who he is. Michael Garcia showed who he is. Salvador Perez is hopefully healthy to begin the year. MJ Melendez has a strong surge in the second half. You've got good contributions from Nelson Velasquez. Like, pitching was such a big part of this team. And if you don't believe me, look around the Central this year. You know, Cleveland and Detroit had worse offenses than Kansas City. And yet they were much better than the Royals because their pitching was that much better. They knew a big part of improving this team was adding to this rotation, fixing this bullpen, and they did both today. And this bullpen, though I think there's a lot of upside pieces, they needed guys that could raise the floor. Chris Stratton, Will Smith, Nick Anderson do that. For the rotation, they need somebody they can rely on every fifth day and a guy that does have really good swing and miss stuff. Seth Lugo is that guy. And if you can remember back to Friday, I don't really like pumping myself up much. I don't really like taking this cocky approach. But I said, if I were to put money down on it four days ago, Seth Lugo was going to be a royal. There was just too much smoke around it. They're aggressively pursuing. They really wanted him. And this is the first time in a long time the Royals have really wanted somebody and they made moves happen to bring him to Kansas City. Now, I'm not going to go all the way out and say Seth Lugo is or is not the number one of this team. You know, I think we're going to find out relatively quickly if they're still in on Stroman or Giolito or Flaherty or Waka because the Royals have been one of the few aggressive teams in free agency so far. There are going to be other teams out there that are going to be just as aggressive. They're just waiting a little bit longer. But to me, no, this is one of those things that just makes it a good day. It's one of many things that makes it a good day because for the first time in almost a decade, the Royals are going out there and getting guys they want and make sense from a baseball standpoint. So that was the big breaking news this afternoon. The Royals get Seth Lugo on a three-year, $45 million contract and opt out in 2025. And they added Chris Stratton to their bullpen. But we'll talk about him coming up in about 10 to 15 minutes or so. But coming up next, I'm going to tell you why I do not think they're done just yet. There's more moves on the horizon. And we're going to dive into that next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Also, be sure to give us a follow on TikTok and Instagram at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to the title sponsor today in FanDuel. And you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So the Royals finally reel in a big fish, and that big fish is called Seth Lugo. And the bullpen gets another piece, and Chris Stratton, and you kind of feel like, man, in most years, the Royals would feel good about themselves at that point. I mean, how could they not? J.J. Piccolo really made a name for himself today. And whether you agree or disagree with Seth Lugo being a good piece, the Royals are spending money, something we have not seen 
over the last five to six years. And the pieces they are bringing in are not the head scratchers, like when the Royals brought in Billy Hamilton to play center field, or, or when they gave Michael A. Taylor an extra deal or year to his contract. Not saying they were awful moves, but I would say you looked at it and said, that's a very royal move. I think the two moves today, they're not very royal-like. This is a new age, a new era that makes a lot more sense for a competitive standard. But I also do believe moves are to be made. I think there are more moves on the horizon, uh, mainly because the Royals have been aggressive from the get-go here. They've been linked to a lot of guys, and J.J. Bacola said they really wanted to improve the pitching staff. I do not believe Seth Lugo is the only guy they're adding to the rotation. I am not going to go out there and say it's 100% Marcus Stroman. I'm not going to go out there and say it's 100% Lucas Giolito. I would also throw up the idea that a trade is possible. You know, They were linked to Miami and Seattle of wanting their younger pitchers. Maybe that's the route they take because they went a little bit older with Seth Lugo for this rotation. But there are still moves to be made here. I still think there's one more spot for the bullpen. I think there's one more spot for the rotation. And I think there's one more spot in the lineup. Right field is still an uncertainty. It's an unknown, if you will. I think the Royals want to add a high OBP guy to their outfield. That could be a Tommy Pham, for example. Uh, maybe if they've got the money and the resources, Lourdes Gurriel could make sense. If you want a bounce-back candidate, I think Michael Brantley makes a lot of sense. Or you could always go the trade route again. Like, this is just showing, to me, the Royals were backing up their talk a little bit. Because I know that frustrated a lot of fans of, you're casting a wide net. You're aggressively pursuing these guys. You're interested. These guys are on the radar. Well, ink to paper, as I've been saying multiple times before. When are you going to show us you're actually serious? Because I'm not going to believe you're serious until you sign one of these guys. Then the Royals went out and signed Seth Lugo. They signed Will Smith. They signed Chris Stratton. They got Nick Anderson. No, they picked up Matt Sauer in the Rule 5 draft. They've really overhauled this group, but it does not mean they're done. There are still areas to this team that need to improve, and J.J. Piccolo has said he's wanted to improve. That's what I'm going off of here. No, I think it's pretty easy to say they're not done. No, it's not like there's some you know groundbreaking idea I have here. No, I just don't see it being likely that J.J. Piccolo brings up all these things they need to improve on and the national reporters say they're looking to add two starters to the rotation and then, then just stop after one. Like, oh, we spent too much on Seth Lugo. We can't go over that now. No, I think I'm going to stay on the side of the Royals want to add another guy. And if that means they go over the threshold a little bit, so be it. If they really feel like he's a fit, they're going to spend that money. Now, I'm also going to say this. They're not going to spend it just to spend it. They're not going to spend money just to appease everybody. right? They're trying to make smart moves for this team. I think they have significantly raised the floor, not only of the bullpen, but of the rotation. right? I just look at the first three guys here. If you get Seth Lugo of last year, which I think the Royals believe they will, if you get Cole Reagan's even 70% of what he showed last year, that's a really good number too. If Brady Singer, with a very normal offseason and spring training, getting the normal workload, bounces back, there's three guys 
that can build a pretty decent rotation. And then you look at these last two spots. Okay, one of the spots could go to Jordan Lyles. And, and hear me out a little bit. I touched on this a little bit in the podcast yesterday. Jordan Lyles was undeniably awful last year. But Jordan Lyles was also penciled into the number two spot in the rotation. He never has, nor will he ever be, a number two in the rotation. But you put him and his experience as a number five, hey, I'm not expecting the world from the number five. And there were times last year, I can't believe I'm saying this on the podcast, but there were times last year he had a stretch where six innings of four-run ball for a number five guy isn't that bad. But I will also say this factor. You have to go add another number two or number three to this rotation if it makes sense for Jordan Lyles to be a five. Jordan Lyles right now in this rotation is still not good enough. Him as the number four is not good enough. But I look at the three guys right now, Lugo, Singers, Singer, Reagans. It just feels like that could be a pretty good front three. But I still think they're in the market for another. I think they really want to make this group competitive and just a handful of moves isn't going to do it. I think a bat is going to be incoming, and I think another starter is going to be incoming. I'm not going to speculate on the prices or you know what somebody could cost. I'm just going to throw out the idea that there are still a handful of starters out there in free agency, and I think once another big fish goes, they're not, of course, going to be in on all the big fish here. I think Michael Walker signs elsewhere. I think that Jack Flaherty signs elsewhere, but keep an eye on somebody like a Frankie Montas. Coming off an injury, but a couple years back was one of the more sought after guys. You know, he's somebody I could see worthwhile. And maybe there's somebody they're eyeballing via trade. Have we thought about that that much? I know that once Miami uh, got their catching piece in Christian Betancourt, it was like, we're not even looking at Miami anymore. Well, Seattle's still out there. And Seattle has guys that could make sense. The Royals could be gauging that too on where Blake Snell decides to play baseball next year. Blake Snell has ties to Seattle. Okay, what if Seattle spends a lot of money to go get Blake Snell? Well, that bumps a guy out of the rotation. You could eyeball that. Offer up an MJ Melendez. Offer up a Michael Massey. There are a lot of moving parts to this. But the reason I went ahead and teased that is I can just simply go off what J.J. Piccolo is saying. Right? There was a lot he felt like he needed to add this year. And though he's added three pieces to the bullpen, a utility bat, and a big piece to the rotation in Seth Lugo, well, I would say there's still more to be desired there. There's a lot still up in the air. And that should excite you as Royals fans because for the first time in a long time, they have gotten out of this idea of we need to evaluate. We need to set ourselves up to have a high draft pick. And I know they never vocally said that, but we knew what they were trying to do. Whenever you hear, well, we need to give that guy 500 ABs. We need to give, you know, Chesler Cuthbert 500 ABs. We need to give somebody like Drew Waters 500 ABs. We need to give so-and-so 500 ABs. Nicky Lopez 500 ABs. That was all about evaluating. Now they are getting out of that territory. They want to start capitalizing on prime years of young players that are under control. Benny Pasquantino, Bobby Wood Jr., Michael Garcia. You have these guys that you're trying to build a core around, but a way you can get them to believe you're trying to win is making moves like today and saying that, hey, we're not done. We still want to add. I think a bullpen piece 
can still be added. I think a rotation piece can still be added. And I think a corner outfield bat can still be added. So let's stay tuned and see what the Royals do over the next week or two. Before we move on to our final segment, I want to give a shout out to Locked On Sports Today, our 24-7 streaming channel that covers the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The Royals also signed Chris Stratton today to the bullpen, a guy that had a serious amount of workload and relief last season. Why is this a great move? I'll tell you next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15 and on Instagram and TikTok at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. Well, what a fun day it has been. What a fun couple of days as the Royals brought in Will Smith. They brought in Seth Lugo to their rotation, and they also added Chris Stratton about Five minutes after they announced the signing of Seth Lugo, Annie Rogers broke both those stories. So kudos to her and and getting all that information. But Chris Stratton is a really under-the-radar type of pickup. Uh, You wouldn't have recognized him too much pitching in the bullpen for Texas, was kind of in the cleanup role there. But this is a guy that spent time pitching for two teams last year in St. Louis and Texas and really was used as the workload guy. He threw over 80 innings coming out of the bullpen last year. His whip below league average, about 1.14, doesn't walk many guys. That is a big priority for the Royals and adding bullpen pieces. And once again, that bullpen is coming into shape a little bit. I think there's about one more spot left to add, and I'd imagine they want to go for a left-handed guy. Now, I thought Ryan Stanek made a lot of sense, and maybe, just maybe, they do go out there and add Ryan Stanek and go with one lefty in the bullpen and Will Smith. But I think you do want to have two lefties in your bullpen. So we'll see what they want to do with that final spot. But when you get Nick Anderson, you get Will Smith, and you get Chris Stratton for that bullpen, you are just making it more of a comforting approach. The Royals had a lot of hit-and-miss guys last year in the bullpen, a lot of uncertainty. And you had guys that had upside, but when you have the pendulum swinging so far on opposite sides, it's just not a recipe for a good bullpen. Right, We saw with Carlos Hernandez and James MacArthur last year, you could get a lockdown 1-2-3 inning or you could get an absolute implosion. Same thing can be said for Steven Cruz. Same thing could have been said for Colin Snyder, who was DFA'd. But the Royals now have guys that Matt Quatrero, Brian Sweeney, and Zach Bove know can get them outs in high leverage innings. Okay, and these are affordable guys. These are guys that I think fit the mold, the stereotype the Royals are going after. And we discussed this last week. The Royals pitching department is beginning to have a theme. Yes, they have their raid the zone motto. They've got their slogan there, but they love guys with the big time curveball. It made sense for Cole Reagans. It made sense for Seth Lugo. It made sense for Nick Anderson. And it certainly makes sense. For Chris Stratton, whose curveball spin rate is over 3,200. That is elite of the elite. Now, he doesn't throw it as often as he should. really sticks to that fastball on the slider. But that curveball is there about 20% of the time. And I think better than anything here, when you have a guy that throws this many innings, you look at an 80-inning workload, you want to make sure, one, they're valuable innings, and two, They're not garbage innings. You know, he's just thrown out there in long relief. Chris Stratton did have a role for both of these teams last year. And he didn't walk many guys. 
He had a decent strikeout rate, and he kind of pencils in as the fifth, sixth, seventh inning guy. He can be a back-end guy as well for this bullpen, but it's refreshing to see that J.J. Piccolo is going out there and getting guys that are not scoffed at by the rest of the major leagues. Like last year in the Royals offseason plans, they were banking on a role this Chapman to bounce back. But I would say league-wide, everybody was thinking, oh, the upside's there, but he was sent home by New York last year. He can't throw a strike. His velo is down, and he's got bad history off the field. Why in the world would that make sense for Kansas City? Then the Royals showed, hey, there was a big reason we wanted him. You know, he's throwing 102, 103, 104 again. And lo and behold, they flipped Aroldis Chapman for Cole Reagans and Roni Cabrera. They got value there. And for these guys, it's different, but I think it's even better. You know, I don't believe Will Smith or, or Chris Stratton or Nick Anderson become what Aroldis Chapman was, not just, you know, Belo. I'm talking more so the numbers overall. I mean, we can't forget how elite Aroldis Chapman was for the Royals for two months. But for these guys, it's being praised league-wide. And that should give you comfort as the Royals. I mean, how many times have the Royals signed somebody and it's mocked? It's mocked by somebody. I saw pretty much from a lot of outlets today, national reporters, just big-time social media baseball guys, that the Seth Lugo deal was a good one for the Royals and Chris Stratton was as well. And the Will Smith deal, of course, and the Nick Anderson deal. Like all of those moves, and adding to the rotation and the bullpen made sense league-wide. And that's important to note here. Because when the Royals are trying to build trust with the fan base, build trust with players for that matter, you have to make more than just one of those moves. right? And over the last eight months, they've made a lot of good moves that we don't give enough credit for. It's easy to pile on J.J. Piccolo after a 106-loss season. It's easy to do that. And I understand it. Why would a team that has not had a winning record in eight years give you any confidence that they're going to do the right thing? Why would you buy into that? They got to show you first. And even with these moves, they got to show they can stop, start hot in April. But this is the beauty of it as well. They are setting themselves up to endure April. Last year, the rotation had a lot of well, let's see, right? You had Zach Granke as your opening day starter, who, by the way, did say today before the Seth Lugo news that he wants to pitch again in 2024. I don't know if that makes sense for the Royals to give him a deal. I do want him to get 3,000 strikeouts, but I don't know where he fits in. I don't really want him taking one of the rotational spots, and I don't really want him you know, being a long relief guy. Maybe for a one-year, two, $3 million deal makes sense, you get some stability and long relief. But again, I, I think there's guys with bigger upside there than a 40-year-old Zach Granke. But last year, the rotation, it, it just had a lot of unknown to it. Okay, you had Zach Granke, who wasn't spectacular in 2022. Then you had Jordan Lyles, who it was widely considered to be a, why are you giving him two years on this deal? Then you have Brady Singer, who was knocked around in the WBC, didn't have a full spring training, and he didn't start till like the fourth game of the year. And then you had Brad Keller, who had redefined himself in the offseason, but Brad Keller was coming off a bad year. And then Chris Bubich had to step in 
for Daniel Lynch, who got hurt in spring training. All of that was just, let's hope and pray. This feels like they're not hoping and praying. You add Seth Lugo to pair with Reagans and Singer, and you're still out there in the hunt for another arm. That, to me, shows you're trying to know what you're getting. And teams that know what they want, know what they're getting, have better chances to compete by the end of the year. I'm not going to go out there and say with this bunch, they're going to win 80 to 85 games, which is the mark that J.J. Vicola is trying to get to. But I will say right now, this team is already vastly improved. On paper, they're one of the most improved teams in the American League Central. Bar is low. You lose 106 games, the bar is low. But I got to give credit. I got to give kudos to the front office and identifying the issues and going out there before Christmas and filling a lot of those holes. It's been a fun day, and I'm hoping for more fun days on the horizon in the coming weeks for the Kansas City Royals. But that's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Also, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at locked underscore on underscore royals. And find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and on YouTube. Just be sure to be that next person to subscribe on our YouTube channel. Before we go, one last shout out to Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Until tomorrow, where maybe we could have a podcast if somebody else signs, but we only have one more podcast for the rest of the week. We might wait it out to see if the Royals make another big-time move. But until then, you take it easy, Kansas City.